Before we get into the episode, I just wanted to announce that I am taking on a new wave of coaching clients. So if you are interested in recovery coaching and receiving more support, then I would love to be of service to you. You can go to the link in the show notes and you'll be redirected to a Google form where you can enter into your email and I will be emailing you and That way we can have a free 15-minute consultation to talk and discuss what you're looking for and see if coaching would align with you. So thank you so much, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, and welcome to the Take the Cake podcast. I'm your host, Kate Noel. I love Honest Health and Wellness. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. Hello, take the cake and welcome back to the podcast or welcome if it's your first time tuning in. My name is Kate Noel and today I'm going to be talking about specialness and the need for it. I'm going to share with y'all a little bit about my personal realizations with this idea of specialness and kind of how it related to my relationship with food, my relationship with my body, my relationship with my insecurities, my life in general. So let's get right on into it. Um, The desire to be special, to make your mark, you know, to be someone that's memorable, someone that maybe even like holds a legacy is something that I held to a very high importance for many, 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 many years of my life. And I still do. It's not like I don't want to be special. Um, In hindsight, I look back and I think, wow, that really transcended a lot into my relationship with food. I don't think it's inherently bad or good to want to be special. I feel like that's human nature. Not that I'm an expert in human nature, but I imagine that's pretty common among people. And and now at this point in my life, after the realization, after I've grown through this and healed my relationship with food and body, basically, if you're new here, what I'm trying to say is my, the idea that I needed to be special really had a lot to do with my past eating disorder. So now that it's something I'm aware of and have grown through, it's something I have to remind myself of, you know, I have my own business. Um, I am in a competitive career with acting, with modeling, with social media, and I get rejected all the time. I get rejected 90 probably more than 90% of the time. And it's tough to get discouraged. It's tough to not feel good enough when I don't book something or when, um, I don't know, I'm I'm not the person. Maybe I question myself. I question my talent. I question how I look, how I feel and what I'm projecting into this world. And so it's something I still have to keep in check. It's not like this concept has completely gone away from me. It's just something I've had to learn to manage. So when I think back to my relationship with food and body and how that relates to specialness and the desire to be special, I think back, well, personally, my desire to be as thin as possible was what made me feel special in a way. It was really complex. It's not like that's the only root issue that I had. I don't think I'll ever fully understand why I like had an eating disorder. I don't really know if we ever will completely, but I do know that one of the reasons I had such an issue slash issues with the food was that I wanted to be special. I wanted to be different. I wanted to float above everyone else. And it gave me this false sense of specialness, 
in that, oh, like I can restrict my food. I can manipulate my food. I can manipulate my exercise. I can manipulate my body. And this person can't like clearly other people can't do this and I can. And it kind of made me feel like a part of this special club, uh, which makes me sick to even say out loud, but, and, and it puts my ego in check. I understand this is not something I'm proud of. It's not something that I like to admit, but it is something that I know is really real in my life or it was really real. So it's hard when you start recovery and you think, God, this, I've suffered so much. And this promise of specialness has been an illusion all along. It's not even really been real because when you're so honed in on your body and on your food, I don't think it's possible to really thrive in other areas of your life. And so you're probably left, at least I was left in the beginning of my recovery feeling like I've wasted so much time and, and now I have to play catch up and I feel the opposite of special. I feel stupid. I feel absolutely so dumb and I feel like I wasted my time, which that took a lot of work to work through. Um, and that's not something I want other people to feel, but that's just, I'm just being honest. That's how I felt. Um, like I said, I, I think most people, or at least me, I'll speak for myself, will always have a desire to be special. And like I said, I don't think that's inherently bad. I just have to ask myself a lot of questions about the means of how I'm getting there and and why I want to feel special. And if those are healthy or unhealthy, like some questions I have to ask myself are, am I being needy? Am I being demanding from people? I want to see me as special. Am I being authentic in my daily life? in terms of what people might know me for? Do I have enough self-worth to fail and not be known for something? Like, can I just live my life on this earth and not have anyone know anything I'm doing? And and I mean, obviously that's the ultimate goal is just to feel like I have so much self-worth that it doesn't matter if I quote fail or if I don't do something right, or if people laugh at me, people make fun of me. Um, That's what I want, right? I want that amount of self-worth in my life, which is obviously easier said than done. And that's something, again, I'm working on. So I thought I would go through and share some ways that I've worked on personally releasing the need for specialness to be associated with my body and food choices specifically. So anyone out there who's in recovery or has a complex relationship with food and body and they feel like they relate to this idea that their eating disorder makes them feel special, this part is for you. Well, this whole episode's for you, but... (laughs) These are some ways that I personally worked on. Okay, seeing my own needs as I see others' needs. So this might sound contradictory because I think the idea that you want to be seen as special can feel and seem like a very ego-driven thing, and I do think it is. But I also think that innately, I just really didn't see my own needs clearly for what they were, and I was constantly people-pleasing and seeing other people's needs before my own. And because of that, I just didn't have a sense of self. And I didn't when I when I didn't have a sense of self, I naturally uh, didn't treat myself fairly and I, I didn't see myself and my I didn't see my talents, my gifts, my role in this world as authentic. I thought in order to live in this world and, and have my role in this world, I need to be as thin as possible. Uh, and that just 
was something I had to work through. And that might seem a little bit confusing in terms of how it relates to specialness, but I, maybe if you are in this boat, you'll understand. The next thing I really had to work on is finding fulfillment in my own personal values and the way I spend my time. Again, finding interests um, that feel authentic, finding beliefs that feel authentic. This kind of goes hand in hand with the first one. But I really spent a lot of my time really at, you know, looking into other people's beliefs about the world and deciding, well, I don't really trust myself. I might as well just believe what they believe, which is so sad. I hate saying that. I hate saying that because I'm so proud of myself now for having a voice. And I, I realize how important every single individual person's voices in this world, including yours, you that's listening. So it's so important to have our own belief system, not, not system, but our own beliefs and taking time to be open-minded and having our own um, beliefs and our own opinions about this world, not just the opinions of others. The next thing I really worked on was releasing the blame from other people and working on my relationship with myself. So I'd often feel like either a lot of self-blame or I would feel an immense amount of blame for maybe a specific person or other people. Like, I don't know. It's just, I just felt like I didn't ever accept reality. I didn't ever accept situations as what they were. And I always tried to put the point the finger at either myself or somebody else. And I really had to work on my relationship with self-trust, with trust in the world, trust in other people. Like I'm still, you know, when you take those, like, um, you don't take, you know, when you do the job applications, I don't know if this is like still a thing, but I've done this before where they ask you questions like, do you believe that people are inherently good or bad or can be trusted or not trusted? I used to say people can't be trusted. And now I feel like I would say people can be trusted and I don't really know the shift. I don't know the right or wrong answer. Maybe there is not one. I don't know. Someone tell me what the right answer is if they work in HR. Anyways, that's something that I had to really work on. Okay, this one is extra, extra important to me, <laughs> but exploring hobbies, pre-eating disorder, and just in the present, exploring your hobbies is so crucial because I truly feel like, like I said earlier, when you start recovery and you're left with this shitty feeling of like, God, I suffered so much and it was for no reason. And now I have all this empty brain space in my mind. It elicits a lot of anxiety. So I had to really look at my hobbies pre-eating disorder and think, is there anything I can spend my time doing? And is there anything I can develop a deeper sense of authentic specialness? Like I started doing a lot more artwork. I started to read more. I started to cook more. I started to, um, I don't know, just have more authentic relationships with people. I started to go on more walks and do more yoga. And I developed these hobbies that, um, or I, rediscovered these hobbies that made me actually feel like I was working towards something in my life and not saying you have to have goals that are related to your hobbies, but it can be really helpful to find specialness in other areas and allocate other areas uh, to your life where you would feel special. So instead of all of your idea of, oh, I need to be special in this world being in this like food and body basket, instead it's in a lot of other smaller baskets in your life that you can, that you can really work towards. The next thing I really had to do was view my life holistically. And I can now see that so much of my life areas 
I was neglecting because of my eating disorder. I was neglecting my financial health in my life, my spiritual health. I was neglecting my relationships, like really not seeing them for what they were. I was not really sure about what I wanted to do for my career. I I just kind of was all over the place and I just neglected consciousness in all other areas of my life. And it really, I had to just, again, take away so much of my focus on my eating disorder basket (laughs) or even my recovery basket and put it into other areas of my life. And that was hugely important. And that developed, that helped me develop a sense of um, self, which I don't feel like that necessarily directly corresponds to specialness, like examining your financial situation. But I do feel like it gives you a sense of self, which involves specialness. And then the last tip I have is to have a mindful daily routine and find self-love in your own structure of your own day. So just super important to bring consciousness into your daily routine. So for me, I really have been enjoying doing my gratitude journal. I've been enjoying meditating. I've been enjoying my skincare routine. I have been enjoying like spending really quality time with my friends. I've been enjoying cooking. Obviously, I have, you have to have time for all these things. So I understand my privilege in the amount of time I have. Um, but it's really been a really good experience for me just to incorporate more mindfulness into my daily routine. And, and that's just something that's helped me to, again, refocus on my time and energy into really loving myself in the in the mundane and daily things instead of this big overarching goal of I need to be like as thin as possible. So honing it in and taking it day by day is kind of like the synopsis of this point. So again, I to wrap up this quick episode, I don't I don't feel like specialness is inherently bad. I think that it's a good thing to want to be special. Of course we want to be special. I want to be special to people in my life, you know, I want to have a, I want to have a partner who thinks I'm special. I want to have, you know, girlfriends who think I'm special. I want to have, I want my agents to think I'm special. I think it's just about navigating it with mindfulness and keeping my ego in check and making sure I'm being authentic in my life. So this was a little bit of a vulnerable episode, um, but I'm just being honest with y'all about, you know, where I'm at in my life and just a little bit more about my brain for you to listen to. Um, But thank you so much for tuning in. Um, Please feel free to send me a DM or let me know if you related to this episode at all. And um, thanks again, and I will see you all on the next episode of Take the Cake. Bye.